0: Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four, and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you're having a great week so far. I know it's that time of year because as I look at Facebook groups, they are inundated with posts asking what they should use in the next year. They're asking about new science programs, new language arts programs. They're asking about all things planning. And as we kind of start to wrap up this school year, I know some of us homeschool year-round, but even sticking with the traditional school year calendar, a lot of people are starting to wrap up their year in early May, late May, maybe early June. And so a lot of people are looking at what they're going to do for next year if they're not going to stick with the same program. Now I want to start with saying that I'm not a big uh, proponent of having to finish a program in one year. If you are using a program and it's working for you and you're feeling rushed because you're not finished with it, who says you have to finish that in one year? You are on your own schedule. You are not on anyone else's schedule. So don't stress about it and take a year and a half to do that program or continue it over the summer. Or even plan on using a program over the course of two years if it's something that you think would work better that way for your individual child. So I do want to start out saying that just because most programs are set up to be completed in a year, you don't have to do that. You can do whatever works best for you. So that being said, let's talk a little bit about where I'm coming from. I've been homeschooling now for 14 years, so I've kind of done it all. I've been very classical. I've been Charlotte Mason. I've done some Montessori kind of things early on. I've done a lot of eclectic, relaxed kinds of stuff. My oldest that has graduated now and is 20, he did mostly unschooling for his high school year, which does not mean that he was not learning, but that he was doing his own thing. He was basically doing his education based on his interests and what he really felt he needed for those couple years. So we've done a little bit of everything. Right now, I've got an elementary student, I've got a middle school student, and I have a high school student. And so I have things across the board. Some might think that I have a lot of planning and a lot of organizing to do, but no, not really. (laughs) That's not true. And let me tell you why. We do some very basic academics with programs throughout the year, and we mostly homeschool year round. So we have a math program that we follow. We do language arts, mostly Brave Writer style, though a few other things here and there. We don't do grammar every year. We do, however, do grammar around third, fourth, fifth. Grades, maybe six, depending on the child. And we'll typically use a workbook for that, like Growing with Grammar is one of the programs that we've consistently used. But other than that, we don't use specific programs every year. We do not use boxed curriculums. We do not use things like that at all. For science, for history, for social studies, for things like that, we are very interest based. So we go based on what my kids are interested in, and then we go all in. So whether you call that project-based learning, depending on how it's formatted, or unit studies, we, we kind of perhaps do a mix of those depending on the child and depending on what the topic is. But we are very interest-based, child-led We are relaxed, however, like I said, we do follow a few things pretty consistently for the basic academics of language arts and math. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. However, like I said, I've done a little bit of everything through the years, so I totally understand the mindset of planning and researching and what am I going to do for next year. So I want to give a few tips and I want to give a a little bit of advice to help out people as they're going through this. And one thing I want to share is that there is so much out there, which is a wonderful thing because just 14 years ago when I started, we were really limited. Most of the information and curriculum that was out there was from Christian publishers and it was religious based. There wasn't a whole lot of secular options. Now there is a little bit of everything, which is really wonderful for the homeschool community as a whole. But it can also be really overwhelming and stressful and difficult to navigate. So I want to share a few tips, and maybe it will help you as you try to decide what you're going to use next year, if you're going to switch programs or not. And here's another tip I want to give you right off the bat. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I know when we are reading some of these forums or looking at Pinterest boards or talking to friends and they're sharing about how wonderful this program is that they're using, I know and I understand the grass is always greener on the other side. We think, wow, that sounds so great. I wonder if that's better. And here's where I really want to caution people. Like I said, if it's not broke, don't fix it. If your child is being successful and they are learning and they're doing well with the program, leave it alone. Keep going with it. Don't try to mess with that. Because what happens is every child is different. So while some of these programs are wonderful and working for other people, they don't work for everyone. They just don't. And sometimes they don't work for the parent. So, I throw that out there because a lot of times a program might be really great for a child, but a parent really struggles and has a hard time teaching it for whatever reason because of how it's laid out, how it's structured, how it's formatted. So, the program has to work for both the parent and the student. Sometimes people forget that. Sometimes, when parents are researching, they are forgetting their learning style, their teaching style, and their limitations and their strengths and weaknesses. And that is something really important that you have to remember. So going back to changing programs, the other thing I want to stress is that it seems like math programs are always on the chopping block. People want to change math programs all the time. And I understand that you want a program that works for your kids. I totally understand that. So I'm not saying you should never change. However, I really think that you should think really long and hard before you switch a math program and that is because math programs cover different concepts and different skills in different ways and in different schedules. Some might cover multiplication in second grade while another one does it in first grade or some programs might cover decimals in third and another one in fourth. Whatever, they're introduced at different times, they cover concepts differently And that's okay. That's not a bad thing. That's fine. Each program has its strengths and weaknesses. And there are lots of really great math programs out there. The problem is, is when you're changing math programs every year, you are inevitably leaving gaps in their math knowledge. Because these programs cover things at different times and in different ways. When you're switching up math programs so often you may be switching up from one in third grade to fourth, and the concepts you have not covered yet in third grade, but you're going to this new program thinking you're going to cover it, that new program already covered it in third grade. So that's just something to think really hard about. When you're struggling with a math program, Make sure you're looking at why. Why are you struggling? Is it just a a single concept that you're struggling with? Is it the format? Is it online versus text? Is it the way it's presented? What is it about the program? Really try to do some research and hard thinking and asking of questions of your child of why a math program is not working. Because that can often help you not only maybe solve the problems immediately with that specific program, but it can also help you then if you do find that you have to switch to another program, you can realize that, okay, this other program was a spiral program and that was not working for them. They really need a mastery program. And those are two terms that are used with math programs. A Spiral has a lot of review of concepts throughout the program. A mastery program does not. It will... Cover a program or a concept or a skill until it is mastered and then it moves on to the next thing and it doesn't have nearly as much spiral or mu- as much review in the program. And those different programs work better for different kids. So I happen to have kids that need the spiral approach and that is what works for them. Other kids, are going to not do so well with that, and they would do better with a mastery program. So that, again, is just something to think about and to really dive into when you're looking at programs and why you might want to switch out. Okay, let's jump into talking about new curriculum, new programs, new planning. I know a lot of you might be going to Facebook groups or perhaps Instagram or Pinterest or wherever, and you're asking these questions. You're asking questions about, what should I use for science for fourth grade? So first of all, I wanna pause and say, that's not enough information. When you're asking that, what you really need to do is add a bunch of details. You need to add in perhaps budget information, you need to add in whether you want an online program or a text program or a living books kind of program. Do you want a lot of experiments or you don't want experiments? Do you want virtual experiments or in-person, hands-on experiments? Also, is your child a independent learner or he needs a lot of hand-holding? Are you looking for something very structured, very formatted, or more of a looser theme based kind of program? These are all things you need to think about. And that's not said to overwhelm you, but it's to help you hone in on programs that you want to really look at. Because when you throw out there on a board that I'm looking for a fourth grade science program, you're gonna get everything under the sun and that's not really gonna be all that helpful to you because you're just gonna be overwhelmed with all the choices that are thrown at you. But if you can narrow that down by offering more information, Then the people can then answer you with suggestions that meet your criteria. And that is what is very, very helpful to not only the people that are responding to you because it's saving them time. They won't respond if they don't have an idea that meets your criteria, but it helps you so you don't have to weed through so many different options that really are not a good match for you. So, first off, let's start out with the big A big question. Are you looking for a religious curriculum or a secular curriculum? Because that makes a difference. That's a huge key point for people when they are starting to look for curriculum. So start there and then you move on. What's your budget? Is it something you can spend a lot on or not so much? Because again, that will narrow down your options in a tremendous way. But when you're thinking about the budget, Also think about how many kids do you have to use for this? If you only have one child and you have a more limited budget, then that's something to think about. But if you're going to be using this for three or four more kids down the line, then you may be able to spend more money than you originally thought because you won't be spending that money in the future on the same program. Also, another huge criteria is do you want something that is online or do you want something that's actually books and paper? So many people are doing more and more programs online, which is wonderful. But even with online, do you need things that are streaming or do you want things that are are on DVD because you don't have consistent Wi-Fi? That's another huge thing, especially for people that are traveling if they don't have consistent Wi-Fi. A streaming program is not going to probably be the best choice, but something that comes with DVDs or CDs, then yes, that would be great. Then you have to make sure, though, that your computer is compatible with whatever that program is. For paper and book programs, you have to think about, do I... Is the program just one text and one workbook? Is it multiple books? Is it a lot of things I have to print out on my copier? Or is it something that I actually get all of the information up front, all the worksheets or whatever it might be? Because a lot of people don't have the ability to print out a lot of stuff and they need it to be in a workbook format or they need it to be something that they can just purchase all the pages. Again, all those are things you need to think about. Most of the things that I know of can usually be printed in black and white, but there's probably some things that do need to be printed in color, and that's another consideration. That's more expensive, and you obviously need a color printer. We do not have a color printer, so we have to always be aware that things are going to be black and white, and if it's something that I would have to print out, let's say for science that is somehow color-coded or something, I would have to do that some other way. The other thing to think about is so many people, especially that are new to homeschooling, think that they need a program for each individual child for their age level, and that's not true. There are so many programs, especially for science and history, that can be done for multi-ages. You can be reading the same core text or the same uh, core book for all the different ages for history, let's say, and the older kids may be reading some historical fiction For their age level and your younger kids you may be doing some read aloud picture books or something like that but for both science and history and somewhat for language arts as well you can definitely use one program for multiple ages multiple kids and you just have to tweak it a little bit or there will be some other little uh, exercises for the different age groups so that's also something to think about you don't have to have individual programs But you also have to make sure that you're looking at all your children and are they all going to learn best from the program you choose? Perhaps you choose something that's very visual. It has an online component. They have to watch a video. Are all your kids interested in doing that? Are they able to do that? Are they able to hold their attention to be able to watch a video? So again, those are all things to think about. You also have to think about if Uh, Curriculum has a lot of books, like I know a lot of people like Bookshark or Build Your Library, but those require a lot of books that you're going to be reading. And yes, you can purchase those all at once. You can just get a big box of books and spend, you know, $800 and do that. And those that cannot spend that much money to do that and want to just buy the teacher guide and want to get the books at the library, you need to check your library to see if those books are going to be available. Perhaps the library would purchase them for the library and you could use them that way. Or maybe you can get interlibrary loan, but then you also have to remember you need to allow time for that. But those are just considerations to think about, as well as perhaps you can get a lot of the books used through online methods or library book sales or any, you know, things like that. Just some things to be aware of. Obviously, you have to think about the structure of the program. Are you somebody that really wants a structured, scripted format for a program that you're going to sit down and you'll read different instructions or different information to your children and they sit and they do the exercises? Or do you want something a little bit looser, they work independently and you have maybe some more general guidelines for the weekly work that they're to do? There is such a huge range of formats for programs that Those are all things to take into consideration, not only for the child and what they would like to do and how they learn best, but also for you as the parent. As I mentioned before, you have to figure out what kind of learning style you are and teaching style you are and what you can maintain. I loved the idea of scripted, structured programs when I first started out because I wanted somebody to tell me what to do, like because it was all new to me and I wanted someone to tell me that. And so we used uh, First Language Lessons, which was by um, Peace Hill Press from The Well-Trained Mind. And we used that when we started first grade years and years ago. And that worked for me at the time because it was very scripted. It was a little dry, but it was scripted. It told me exactly what I wanted to do, exactly what my child was to do, exactly what poem they were supposed to memorize. It laid it all out. And at that point in time, that was what I needed. But over the years, I got away from that. And even to the point where I even still liked the idea of doing something like that. But when I purchased a program, after we had been homeschooling for three or four years, I never stuck with a program like that. I could never do a structured, uh, scheduled program like that again. I was just, I failed at it pretty miserably because... Our style evolved over time, we became a lot more relaxed, we became a lot more interest led and those structured formatted programs just don't work for that uh, kind of experience. You've heard me say this before and I'm going to say it again, use the free samples for programs and for curriculum. It is the most underutilized thing and I, it blows my mind sometimes that people Don't use the free samples or the trial periods for programs. It can save you so much money, so much stress, and you find out pretty quickly if it's going to work for you and your child. And not that it will be the absolute perfect thing forever, but a lot of times they will knock themselves out of the running because you can do a trial period and within one or two lessons, your child will be like, no, I'm not doing that. I don't like that. Or you as a parent can be thinking, mm, not so much. This is not what I was looking for. So great. it's It helps you narrow down your choices. So it takes that off the list for you. And then you go to the next one. A lot of programs out there will even give you like a whole ch- chapter or a whole unit or even a two-week trial period. That is so valuable to do because it's going to give you an idea, especially the ones that are like a two-week trial It'll give you an idea of how much time it takes per day, how much time it might take per week. Does it need teacher prep? Is it just open and go? It will tell you a lot about a program that you just can't get from reviews or opinions on Facebook groups just because each person is different. So some person might say how much they love this program and how it's really organized and it's really great. But then when you go and you do that two-week trial, You think, oh, this isn't organized enough for me. Or maybe it's too organized for you or whatever it might be. But you can actually see for yourself what might or might not work. You also find out right away if it's going to work with your computer system. It might be something that you need to upgrade your computer before that will work for you. Or you might find out that, oh, I really like this uh, streaming program, but our Wi-Fi is too glitchy and it's not not going to work. So maybe I need to look at their CD program. Or maybe I need to look at a book program instead of online, whatever it might be. But definitely use those free samples. And a lot of times, if they don't have a free sample, call and ask. I had a program that I found that I was a little shocked that it didn't have a free sample, but they didn't. So I emailed them and I said, hey, I really want to look into your program a little bit more. Can you give me you know, a two week trial period or some free lessons or whatever so I can check it out. And they were like, yes. And they did that. So definitely do that. And it was a program that I decided, no, that was not going to work for us. It wasn't what I had thought. So it was valuable that I reached out to them and asked them and they gave me a trial period so I could find out for myself if this was going to work. I also want to caution, especially new homeschoolers, not to jump in and buy a big box curriculum or a bunch of stuff. If you are new, if this is your first year and you're just starting out and you're trying to decide what you're going to do, I'm going to tell you to stop. I'm going to tell you not to buy a lot of stuff. I'm going to tell you to instead perhaps focus on a month or two of just hearing your children read to you and you read to them just kind of get a feel for what they want to learn about, what some of their strengths and weaknesses are. And maybe just start out with some free things online. There are so many free resources. There's free full curriculums. There's so many free resources out there. Maybe just start with some free things at first or maybe even an inexpensive workbook. If you want to use a workbook for something such as math. If you, want to, if you feel like you need a math workbook, Go to uh, even Costco or Barnes & Noble or Lakeshore Learning. They'll have math books for elementary school all the way, usually up to middle school. High school, maybe not so much. But for high school, there's like Khan Academy and things like that. So just be patient. Don't jump in and buy something because I can almost guarantee you that it's going to be a mistake. <laughs> and I, That's not supposed to be a, an insult or anything like that only because it's so overwhelming it's really hard to kind of narrow down what might work for you and that it it's best to just kind of go slow try out some things that are maybe are free or a simple workbook just so that you could have more time to try some things out and to talk with people and just kind of wrap your head around what you think you might actually need and then you can move on to actually purchasing some things and for those that are experienced and have done this for a long time, my biggest I guess advice to you since you've already been doing this for a long time is just not to stress so much about doing everything. Because so many times we get this these curriculum programs, packages and we think we have to do everything. It can be overwhelming, it stresses us out, and then we end up either dropping the program altogether or we just we kind of like quit before we actually finish it. Like maybe we're only two thirds of the way through. It's the end of May and we just kind of throw in the towel. You don't have to do everything in a program. Most programs even say they don't expect you to do everything, but they just put in a lot of information and a lot of stuff in there for you to pick and choose from. So don't feel overwhelmed. Don't feel like you failed if you didn't finish a program because it's okay. Like most programs are not meant to be done in totality. And don't feel the need to actually finish. If you're close to the end, you can pretty much guarantee that you've hit all the concepts necessary. So it's not a big deal. Or if you do want to continue on, don't feel bad about going throughout the summer or maybe picking it back up next fall and not starting something new or a new unit or a new topic until next November it's okay. Because like I said before, you're on your own schedule. It's okay to work at your child's pace, because that's what this is all about. So that was a lot of information. I tried to cover a lot of things pretty quickly, but I'm just trying to kind of throw out some helpful information as people are thinking about choosing some curriculum, possibly changing curriculum, planning for the new year. My biggest thing after all these years, the biggest thing I can share is to step back and relax. Look at where your kids really are. And then follow their lead. That's what I've done over the years. And it's really made a big difference. It's less stress in our lives. (laughs) I think my kids have more fun learning. There are certainly still things that they might say, I don't want to write about that or I don't want to do a research paper. I get it. And yes, they still have to do those kinds of things. But overall, I feel like they have definitely enjoyed learning more as we have figured out what works best for us. So that's what I have for today. I hope it's given you a little bit of helpful information. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, please do so since we're only putting episodes out every other week. It's a good way for you to know when the new episode is released since it's not released every week any longer. Also, make sure that you check out my Instagram account, Latte Books to Read. I put lots of great stuff on there with our homeschool life and books and lots of fun things that we've been doing. And until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.